0: All I ever
1: ask is keep
2: it ain't more than
1: ninety-two with me, one honey. LA, crazy kids, one LA. All I ever have is one honey. LA, yeah. LA. Crazy kids.
2: Wah All I ever have is one. What an eventful day.
0: Wow, coal. I I thought something was going on. Like <laughs> the amount of like interesting tweets. I was not expecting that. That was truly a, a surprise gift. Cool on this day that I forgot was a, a special day in off season.
2: Yeah, I like. I don't know <clears throat> when we lined up this interview. I honestly forgot that free agency show was today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, yeah. Well, you know it's... what? We should talk to Joseph because we haven't talked to him in a while, and he's awesome. Yeah. And look at us yeah. now.
0: Yeah, and now our list of questions looks like we're really out of touch. You know, like it sure does. But you guys just don't care about this stuff. Um, I will say this: you can excuse us as Hundred Deuce fans for expecting this would be a quiet day in the Twitter sphere. You know, like everybody was sort of expecting that it would be. I thought we'd get the 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 roster reveal, and it would be awesome. That was my hope because mm-hmm. we talked about what we wanted for the next season. And it was basically, could we just please do that again? Yeah. Um, and it seems like that would be. A strong bet for us uh so yeah all all the other stuff is just icing on top man and look this team just doesn't quit like they are constantly on the move um and it's a lot more exciting for us today than i think even i'd hoped it might be
2: yeah well um before we jump in uh we should mention by the way that we are of course powered by rip it energy fuel the only good energy drink in the world if you don't drink rip it change your ways (laughs) <laughs> that's the new Correct that's the mistakes. new meta for that quote Change since we're family friendly shows and then also shout out to Elgato for being our uh, lighting and capture provider and making us look beautiful especially Jordan look at wow. how well groomed his beard is and now you can see him because of all the pixels available to convey <laughs> that via his face cam look at that
0: we're about to rename this the beard cam Cole yeah. Elgato beard cam Elgato beard right.
2: cam we should just put a close up of it just really- oh man anyway (laughs) so without further ado look today's a special show because we've got one of the ogs with us one of the most o of ogs when it comes to 100 thieves um we're super excited to have him back so let's bring up joseph jungle juice
1: james hey can you guys hear (laughs) me Good. I'm so excited to be back. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've been following you guys since day one, like with Jackson, and it's such a pleasure to be back here. Oh, especially man. after we won North America. You know, it's 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 such a gift.
2: Jackson R.I.P. though. Oh man. Oh, he's not he's not. I know on, he's man. not he, he hasn't he's, he's left not fart, this, this mortal existence, but I'm just saying. Was,
0: but now Joseph, sad. you have as so far as OGs go, I think you just moved up the peg one, which is <laughs> going on to his next adventure, right?
1: Yeah, pretty big shoes to fill, but uh, yeah, it's it's sad to see him go. But he's going he's gonna to do great things, so yeah. not and to I'm worry sure about he'll, him.
0: He'll still be in the DMs as a fan rooting you guys yeah. on, I'm sure. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it's been a long time. I think we're trying to remember the exact time that we'd had you on last. And a couple of things have happened since then, like <laughs> several, you know, a banner, yeah. <laughs> um, taking down EDG, you know, just just small things like that. Uh, trips back to world so i imagine that like if we were to go back in time and talk to you about like what your wish list is you probably checked a lot of those things i gotta (laughs) right yeah a lot of them which doesn't mean that there's no more left on there but it's got to feel good right now at this point in time to be kind of uh cruising with an off season with a lot of hectic stuff going on yeah and be able to say like all right here's the plan here's what we're gonna do we're gonna Run it back, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you guys tweeted it, but it's it's hilarious because all these other organizations are going through hellfire trying to figure out what to do in this free market. Yeah. And we're kind talk of just that, coasting. Talk, Joe. talk we, that talk, that <laughs> talk. We know exactly what we're doing in LCS and we're mostly focused on making sure our pipelines for Academy and Amateur is going to help us continue our success in LCS. So yeah, we've been cruising and it's honestly awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's well, look, hard, hard-earned cruise at this point. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: so we're... We're gonna kind of put a bookmark in the talk about the current roster and save that a bit um first of all we we understand this is not like the official hundred t press conference <laughs> about the roster so but we will we'll get into it a little bit but we wanted to talk about some of the stuff from this past year too um right. obviously the the best year for our org the the most memorable and there's lots of there's lots of questions I don't know it's like <clears throat> I guess one of, the, one of the things at the top of my mind is just I want to know how you guys are feeling about your Worlds run. Because, you know, we joked before Worlds even started, you know, it's like, remember what happened in 2018. The the mm. two finalists were in our group, you know, yeah. what were we supposed to do? And then in this one, uh, <laughs> this year, we got the world champion plus uh, someone who could have easily made it into, into Worlds and maybe could have even taken the title in T1. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> having gone into that group, you took a game off of the world champions. Like, how did, how did their successes, T1 and EDGs, affect how you guys are feeling about your own worlds performance?
1: So I think this situation is slightly different from the last time we went, went to worlds. Uh, obviously, that, that first worlds year, there was a lot of chaos. There was like the AD carry swap. There was a lot of internal conflict going on um so in terms of our expectations it was kind of just like be the best version of ourselves but um realistically those opponents were incredibly difficult um whereas i think this year we had a lot of carry power on our roster and i think we had like very realistic expectations about what we could achieve and i asked all the players like how did it feel winning an alcs and they were like we didn't even feel it it was like such a quick 3-0 um and they always say like the losses hurt more than the wins yeah. so i think even though they took a game off edg knowing that you know if they played better or if any individual stepped up slightly more in any of those best of ones that we could have made it out of groups i think that'll always like have its place mm. and obviously taking a game off the world champions is is super surreal but I think that's, like, the bigger sentiment that most of the players will carry on from last year.
2: Can can I just make a quick correction, though? You said taking a game off the world champion. I mean, you you ripped it away and stomped <laughs> on him as you did. I just want to point that out and make that clear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I, I have to draw another parallel here, too, because you, you listen to the, uh, the players who are on Golden Guardians talk about their playoffs experience on Golden Guardians and how it mm-hmm. really drove them to play at a different level when they were back at it, right? So we'll see what happens if we, if we get back to Worlds, which I fully expect we will. But you've got to imagine that these same, like that's the mentality they have. And you can see they just showed up with an absolute, you know, um, they had a, a, a vision and a mission in the, the LCS playoffs and it took them all the way to a 3-0 for the banner. Um, so yeah, it sucks to, to have like the, what could have been. Um, but if it functions in the same way as the past, you know, playoffs experience. It's probably not the worst thing to have going into 2022. Um, we actually, we, we talked about that a lot. You mentioned just like, if any one of the players stepped up more, Um you know, as fans, of course, we 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 wondered about that too, like with our moments where we could do anything differently. Was mm-hmm. there anything that, from a player coaching staff perspective in it, the thing that I think we picked up on is like e- the EDG game being last in our world's, you know, our our career for this last year that was definitely our strongest game so did you see that it was kind of like a ramping up where we just felt more comfortable or would you attribute the like players not being able to step up in the way that they wanted to would you attribute that to anything uh
1: looking back at our playoffs uh i don't think we were playing at like a north american level like if you look at some of our like early game dives and how well we were executing Especially against our series against TL, there was like a very, (laughs) very like it was a very high level of play. Um, So to go from that, I think the biggest issue was like how much lack of practice we had. There was like a lot of visa issues, so um, our ability to kind of keep that chemistry going suffered a little bit. So I don't think we showed what we were capable of as a team. Yeah. Um, So I think that was like as well. Yeah. So I think that was the biggest. Detrimenting factor of like, um, why we didn't see that same level of success straight off the bat, yeah, yeah, no. but that's like, that's what I would attribute most of it to, uh, yeah.
0: Well, if, we, yeah.
2: Oh, Go sorry, ahead. I didn't mean to jump into you. I was, I was just gonna say, what about the, um, so like making it to worlds grants you this like huge extra amount of time to play, right? It's like mm-hmm. so much more practice, you're <clears throat> you know, queuing up in a different region with a a stronger player base. Um, You're as a team more though, you got, you know, obviously you guys had visa stuff going on that um, interrupted that a little bit, but still you're coming out of worlds with much more time being together as a team. I think that's worth Mm -hmm. mentioning because this team came together in one split, you know, with, with the addition of Abadaga, like it kind of, it coalesced very, very quickly. So when you add another, I don't know what is it like. Do you get like a month, a month and a half of extra playing time? Like, do you think that they're gonna be stepping up, or do you think the off season will kind of like still make everybody rusty?
1: Uh, I think definitely rusty. Yeah. Um, I talked to Vic a little bit about this, but World is like a super cool experience for a lot of the players because they get to go to a, like a competition where they get to test their own skill level and see where they rank against other world class players. So there's going to be a lot of like individual takeaways for these players after experiencing Worlds. But every time there's a break, like it takes time to rebuild that chemistry, rebuild the systems that you created with your teammates. So um, I think a lot of the individual takeaways, it'll be super good for the players, and those will be things that they carry on for the rest of the careers. But there's definitely going to be rust um, during this break and before we hop into 2022. <laughs>
2: Uh that I've always just wondered about that because I don't know it seems like there's a propensity for some teams to like actually come back and look just worse right like we've seen it time and time again when it's like after like even C9 the year they did really well when they came back into the LCS at first it was like a little rocky you know and and teams that like come off of MSI or something they'll they'll come back yeah. and look really like out of sorts um <clears throat> so I you know I've I've just always been curious about that I I just feel like keeping the roster the same for this upcoming year, uh, more or less. And we can talk about tenacity later. Um, Mm. That'll just, you know, it's it's just, you're not, you're not rebuilding anything. It's kind of just getting familiar with what you had, you know, when you were back then. So that makes me super excited as a fan.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And especially given how, like I said, how we performed our playoffs. Like I think all the players are very well aware of like what our ceiling can be. And it's only a matter of time that we, hit that again and hopefully like push that higher even more so next year yeah it was what interesting the, um, when you
2: brought up um playing at an na level right earlier when, mm-hmm. when you were talking about like the tower dive plays and everything and um jordan i know you had some thoughts about like you know the na as a region and, yeah. and how that factors into worlds
0: yeah I, and i think you know i've we've been watching since season eight i guess it was basically as soon as we got in So every year we're pretty used to this tradition of like, you know, you, you, you have worlds, it's a huge celebration. Everybody loves league. And then ends and NA fans immediately start the doom and gloom. Like, what are we going to do? They're, they're crying on hotline league. Um, Mm -hmm. So I didn't pick up on that as much this year. And I'm interested for your perspective of if you feel like, is that because we're actually making meaningful improvement that you see, or, and it could be some, you know, some combination of these two or is it just that that fans will always have kind of this you know whatever is top of mind kind of knee-jerk reaction it's the servers it's the player base it's whatever yada yada you know blaming a lot of things that we have no control over essentially um as fans so i guess interested for your perspective on that does it you you talked about us playing at a level like cole said kind of higher than na standards Mm -hmm. typically are um, do you think that the region is continuing to make progress where we should expect to see this type of, you know, I think we, everybody agree. We had a pretty strong showing at worlds this year as a region. Uh, mm-hmm. do you expect to see more of that or, and I guess, you know, maybe I'll, I'll get my own perspective here. We have a lot of changes happening in mm-hmm. the offseason, So I'm sure yeah. that will kind of throw some things, um, out of whack a little bit, just so when it comes to being able to predict how teams are going to perform. Yeah.
1: I think there are a lot of, like, role players in NA um, that can basically do their jobs very, very well within their respective roles. But once they get to a world's level, um, there's a lot of, like, skill gap. And when, like, multiple players are getting skill gapped at that level, it, the teams kind of fall apart. And the systems that worked in North America no longer work. Uh, I think the rosters we sent this year had a lot less of those fundamental flaws. Um, like, I look at our roster, like at TL's roster, I look at C9's roster and I think it just has a lot of carry potential and not too many glaring weaknesses that teams can just immediately like topple the teams over with. So I do think this was like a pretty decent year for North America. Um I know obviously there's like complaints about North America not making enough groups every year. Um like two things are fundamentally true. I think the first thing is just sheer number of players. Like yeah. China is always just going to have more number of players playing solo queue. So that means more players coming out of their amateur and academy ecosystem. So I think we made really good strides this year, like I think with Proven Grounds. And you see a lot of LCS organizations too, um, kind of accepting these changes and being more willing to feel these rookies. Um, like there's rumors about like EG and their starters, and there's a lot of other rookies starting in the LCS potentially next year. And I think as long as the mindset is we want to feel the best players possible, whether that's a superstar import from another region or players that we've grown in our own ecosystem, um, I think we're headed in the right direction. Um, but it'll take still take a lot of work just because there are like these roadblocks that other regions have clear advantages over North America. So um, I, I think it's just the knee-jerk reaction that'll happen every year, and yeah. we're just gonna have to keep working until we prove them wrong.
0: I guess it. And in some ways, it adds even more legitimacy to the fact that we have managed to remain competitive, right? Like we're overcoming (laughs) a lot of those things that are innate advantages just to, you know, player size, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and I I think it, you know, it makes it that much more important to find the right players who can succeed, right? Yeah. I mean, if you have 10 players coming out every year who could compete on a world's caliber roster versus Mm -hmm. one, it means you have to look for that one much harder. Um, Yeah. And that is—it's not a direct uh, bridge to the tenacity topic, but it, that's what I'm getting at here. I think you guys <laughs> yeah, have yeah. done a really great job of. I mean, yeah. it's like—is it even two years since we said, you know, introducing tenacity to 100x? Like, it's—it's it's pretty crazy how quickly that's gone. Yeah. Um, so that—that, that, but I think that's what it takes, right? If you hope to be successful long term, you're gonna have to find those players. Yeah, I, I think organizations really
1: just have to put the work in. Like, when we scouted Tenacity, Kenby, and some of these other really, really powerful star prospects that exist today, they were not good, you know? Like, I remember when Tenacity had, like, 200 Twitter followers. No one knew who he was. He was just a solo key player. And his play wasn't even that great. Um, (laughs) But if you put the work in, and you can kind of see their trajectory and their growth in, like, a pipeline that's, like, well-structured, it makes it really easy for these players to take step-by-step um, improvements in their play to eventually get to the LCS level I think a lot of orgs aren't willing to put that effort in from the beginning and they kind of throw these players into these environments where they're forced to play at a higher level than they're used to right. so a lot of their careers kind of get really fumbled and I don't think we've done the best job in the past either but we, we're kind of trying to constantly reflect and make sure that the trajectory and that pipeline is getting better every year so we're we're really glad to see that, you know, the work that we've put in is kind of um, surfacing yeah. at the LCS level now.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think, the, I remember, and Cole and I spent a lot of time talking about this, calls for people to, for, for us to play Tenacity and Kenvia Worlds to get them the experience. Um, <laughs> and at the time, Cole and I said, I can't really think of a quicker way to, like, torpedo someone's self-confidence, right? Like, pull yeah. them into... The group with these two teams who were, you know, one was a game away from finals. The other was they they won it. So that's not really where you want to make your professional debut. That's not it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I, but I get it. I get why people think like, oh, it's good experience. <laughs> but um, you really got to kind of be intentional about how you put people into those situations. So, yeah. Um, we applauded you all for, for what you said, being more careful with these guys um, and building them up slowly.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, i we're just gonna I know we're kind of inching towards the direction of talking about roster because we're all so excited about that, so sorry, let me just yeah pump the brakes on that for just a second. Oh, it looks like we lost Jordan finally the uh we'll put up we'll put up the other Jordan since his his internet's really chalked right now, so I'll put get, get okay. other Jordan right there. <clears throat> he's gonna restart
1: uh great picture, yeah,
2: I was thinking like this could be the Jordan nFT, but honestly, the pixelated version of him <laughs> looked like. Live like the jordan, jordan NFT NFT. anyway are you back
0: are you i'm no, back i think i'm back we'll see if so i got this this handy new face cam and then my my uh, internet provider xfinity i'll name names, decided I'll name that I, can names. Up, I, I can only <laughs> upload it like 32 kbps so all right cool we got you back <laughs> we'll see
2: um all right <clears throat> one, oh, one final question on mm-hmm. on worlds joseph i'll put you on the spot man so <laughs> Upcomer ranked you guys eighth in the world in an infamous Twitter post, uh, mm-hmm. you know, early earlier on in the season. Now being being through worlds, seeing what happened, where do you rank yourselves in the world?
1: <laughs> oh man, that, that's such a that's such a tough question. And why? Um, be- first? Just because. okay so why first it's because (laughs) if i if i again if i have to like objectively rank the teams like i think dom1 is the best team in the world but the thing with like best of five best of threes best of ones is you know who is better on that day right like you look at edg they played three best of fives they were all five game series all incredibly close so and honestly it could have even been T one that that won that championship, right? In, in an imaginary world where we make it out of groups, like you know th- that like reality is also very different. So uh, you know it's not this thing where these teams are playing against each other a hundred times, and how many times is this person winning or team winning a best of five out of those hundred times? It's who is the better team on that day. Yeah. Um, so kind of hard to rank there, um, but I do think we were strong, and um, I'm sure the players could wish they could rewind and show a better version of themselves. But I, I still think they're relatively proud of like what they've accomplished this year. Cause yeah, it, it was definitely, we definitely surpassed our own expectations. I think.
2: Yeah. I, I was saying, you know, my position on it was, I don't even care how we do because <clears throat> you just kind of need a group to get there and be there and learn what it yeah. is first before, you know, you, you're really able to, to strike out and capitalize. Like <clears throat> I always think of, I do a ton of traditional sports analogies because that's where I come from, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you know, you see the teams that are like kind of like the upset favorite teams in the March Madness tournament, and it's like the year one. It's like, oh, actually, you got to watch out for Wichita State, and they like they do they like maybe make it first or second round, and then they get knocked out. But then the next year, they're like sick, and it's like the same group of dudes, and no one left, you know. And so that's kind of what I'm uh, I'm hoping is going to happen. I think Upcomer rated us too low, though. Let me just say that. <laughs> uh, uh, so let us shift gears then. <laughs> Talking about the the split from this year, one of the biggest changes obviously was Reaper coming in. So Reaper Abadaga was was huge news. Um, I assume Reaperd was a very different presence on the team because he's someone who who sat out basically for a little while, not coaching. Mm-hmm. And um, he had a, a good track record of international success um, and, you know, getting him onto the, the squad, a very big deal for fans. What, what have you learned from like the Reapered experience? And he seems like kind of like a mystical guy sometimes, like his presence <laughs> is he has the aura that you can see, you know, like mm-hmm. what's it like working with him? How does how does he do something differently, you know, than any of the previous yeah. coaches? Like what have you noticed and learned?
1: So I've worked with a lot of head coaches on Art of Thieves, um, and each one has taught me a lot. I think Tony was by far the most systematic and structured one, and I think a coach's job is to diagnose the problem properly and choose from like kind of the various solutions to see what's going to give you the biggest benefit. Reaper's strength is that he, no matter how big the problem seems, he's able to just make the solution super simple. <laughs> um, so. I think the first time I noticed it was with drafts. Um, like we ran karma three games in a row and, and the entire community was like, why did we import a star player from Europe to have this guy play a supportive mid laner three games in a row? Where does that <laughs> conviction come from? Right? Like who is this guy? Why is he doing this with our roster? Um, he just has a really, really quick, quick grasp on um, what champions are strong, what drafts are strong. And he's able to identify fast that faster than most of the head coaches that I've worked with. So, um, Obviously, you're not going to draft the best draft 100 times throughout the entire year. But I would say 90% of the time, we felt like we got exactly the draft that we wanted. And our read on the meta was incredibly good. So I think that's his first strength. And his second strength is that when it comes to working with players, he also makes their problems seem incredibly easy to fix. So I think Closer was a player that underperformed in spring. And I know Closer praises Reaper a lot on this mm-hmm. that he completely changed the way he looked at the game but Reaper was very able to tell that like closers play was a little too closed and too systematic to a flaw um that he wasn't really able to play how he wanted and after like talking to closer we got to really see him like kind of be in his comfort zone be willing to do a lot more things that weren't so like pre-planned. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we got to see, like, the best version of Closer in summer. So I think being able to unlock these players um, really, really in a short amount of time and having a really quick read on meta and champion strengths is probably, like, the biggest strengths of Reapers that um, kind of make him stand apart from the other coaches I've
0: worked with. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because he came in, you know, like, this this wasn't his roster, right? I think a lot of coaches, Mm -hmm. they say you know, let's get this player from here, pick this piece up. So he he inherited, you know, four-fifths of the starting roster. Did he come in with a sense for what? Like, did he have that sense on closer from day one? Or is that something that kind of grew as he spent more time with the players? Like, did he just roll in kind of with a, a an idea of how this should work for this roster? Uh, he, I think he identified the closer thing within like
1: a week. He's like, yo, that's this awesome. player is really good, but I don't know why he's playing like this. Like, he's yeah. playing so selflessly. He's like always playing for the team. Like, where is like mike Chad like King Crow closer? Where is he?
0: And he identified it super quickly. So, and then and yeah, then Diego think... came out and he was like, oh yes, oh, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, carry closer is uh, that's that's a lot of fun. Um. And, and just to see him play Diego at Worlds and have it still be effective, I was like, all right, this dude is <laughs> top of the heap when it comes to Diego. That's his channel, yeah.
2: man. Yeah. We're going to be seeing a lot. So just I'm, I'm working in the background <laughs> on like the top plays from 100 Thieves LCS video that we do every year. We're going to be seeing Ooh, a yeah. lot of closer for sure Love on this. that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, kind of on the, other, the flip side of the spectrum, you know, closer being someone whose problem was fixed really quick. I felt personally, <laughs> I think Jordan agrees with me that someday kind of had a different arc through the season because you know really towards i don't know maybe the the second half of um the the regular split um before playoffs started we were starting <clears> to <throat> wonder it's like he just doesn't look like himself uh it, it didn't always look like he fit in and everything um even though we we knew what he's capable of from having him on the team for so long we talked about how you're one of the Oest of OGs, so is someday, right? Um, yeah. The only player who's been with us the whole time. What are your thoughts in general on his arc throughout the season? And honestly, I thought like he really pulled it back during like playoffs and worlds too. I I mean, I know that you know we went three and three, but I felt like other than maybe some times he should have pressed R on Malphite, uh, he <laughs> he really had a a good solid performance world so mm-hmm. what what are your thoughts on that am i reading it wrong or you know what what, no, no. what do you think is going on
1: so some days been in our you know organization for a really long time and the roster we filled this year it was basically like his hopes and wishes for <laughs> such a long time <laughs> and he finally had like other like star players um in the league that he got to play with And I know last year we like completely just played through like top lane all the time. And he was like one of our primary carries. And this year we had other star players in the teams that we could kind of play through. So I think what a lot of fans don't understand is like he did a lot of um, carrying behind the scenes. Um, He's by far one of the most knowledgeable players on the team. And, you know, he was kind of willing to take on those burdens in a different manner this year. Hmm. And again, attributing this to Rebirth. He kind of recognized this, um, that like Someday's confidence and his ability to like, trust his own play. So uh, we experimented, and we played more through top. And that really built his confidence up for playoffs. And I think that's why we saw a resurgence in his play. Um, but absolutely love the guy. He's he's yeah. willing to just tank everything. And I think you saw how emotional his interview was. Cause, yes, you know, goodness. He, he really takes all of that criticism to the heart. He's incredibly hardworking. Um, I would be humble, I would be so. telling
2: him to stay off social media all the time He's just do just never go on <laughs> just never yeah. read it
1: yeah, but I mean it honestly fuels him and I think it's it's uh, sadly <laughs> enough one of the reasons why I know he like tried extra hard to like prove everyone wrong so I- I'm super happy about his arc um I do think he struggled a lot this year, but he he made really good strides towards the end so super happy for the guy yeah yeah We're he good. ended
0: on a very very high note mm-hmm. I mean. And it's it's like as somebody who is due a redemption arc, you couldn't ask for a better like stage to do it on, right? He got yeah, he got a championship, and then he actually had some pop off performances at Worlds against absolute top caliber opponents. So like, if you needed something to say like, yes, so got it. There yeah. it is. Yeah, he made Alfari delete his tweet. That's right. <laughs> yes.
2: Was oh yes, I remember that. Gosh, thank you. We yeah. always keep receipts, man. Yeah, and, and as yeah. Casino's pointing out in chat, not only did he delete his tweet, but he went back to EU. He said, No, nah, <laughs> I can't get it done here. All right. Um daddy too good. I love some daddy so much. It. But, 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 but that's a tricky segue, right? Because now uh the, the 2022 roster was announced today, and we know that the plan is to kind of use tenacity as a functional sixth man on this roster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So can you, again, this is not the hundred thieves press conference. So we're not like, this isn't, yeah, of course, you know, we're not looking for the official position from the org on oh, what's going on mm-hmm. there. But, <clears throat> um, some days just later in his career and we've got like a, an incredible talent bubbling under. So mm-hmm. how is like, how are we gonna see this work, do you think? Like what when when and just full disclosure, I personally, I hate six-man roster idea. <laughs> I hate it. I love I love the guys, right? Like I'm super yeah. excited that we can like start getting tenacity experience in the LCS level. I like I'm a fan of that concept, but I really mm-hmm. like personally, as an idiot who's maybe silver <laughs> if I'm lucky in League of Legends, I like like having the five guys always out there. So can you talk to us about kind of what you guys are thinking there and um, yeah. how, how we're going to see it play out?
1: Yeah, so six-man rosters are super tricky. And we obviously try to do our research. And we're definitely not coming into thinking this like we have it solved or anything. But we know for sure that neither Tenacity or Sunday should be playing Academy. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be boot camping to figure out like what works best for our group. And... Uh, I know this is a little bit hypocritical to what I said before, um, where you don't want to toss players into like a level that they shouldn't play at. But I, I think Tennessee is someone that went through our pipeline, went through our development program, and he, he's definitely ready to play at that level. So I think he's the sort to be like a sponge for resources. And if he, if he's being challenged at the top level, um, we think integrating him into LCS is like the best way to continue his development. So that's kind of our idea around it. Like I said. We don't think we have it solved, but yeah. we thought this was the best solution where we could, like, kind of utilize both of their strengths the best. Because, like I said, Someday does have, I think, the best, like, knowledge overall and experience within that roster. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely try to figure it out. And I think the boot camp and lock, lock-in will tell us a lot mm-hmm. about, you know, how that how, that, how that ends up working
0: out. That's what I was going to ask. So is lock-in confirmed for 2022 Like that's how the season starts?
1: I'm not sure if it's confirmed but okay. to that's my knowledge I think
0: it's uh, yeah yeah. I loved it. I hope it stays. I really do. I just I feel like Riot doesn't talk about things that far in advance usually. Mm-hmm. Um but that does and I see somebody in chat saying best of 3s are really well it's exxiems. Yeah. Best of 3s are good for six man. Best of 1s are harder. I mean, lock in. It gives you some of that early and that's one of the things I think that's a viewer's a, a benefit of that format. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's look, there's risk in it. And if there wasn't, everybody would just run a six-man roster all the time, right? If it was the surefire yeah. way to have more better players on your team than fewer, then yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. So, can I we ask, know that it'll be a challenge?
2: Sorry, Jordan. Can I ask a technical question then, Joseph? Like, go ahead. W- there is a like uh, a day during the week, like Thursday at seven p.m. or something, where you guys have to say your rosters going into the weekend. Is that correct? Yeah. So, and and is that. Is that like day by day, or is that here are our rosters for the entire weekend? It's day by day. Okay, and and is it? Uh, sorry, I'm I'm getting super technical here, but I'm just trying to understand. So, is it like you know, on Thursday you say Friday roster, on Friday you say the Saturday roster, like, or is it? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's so it's like 8 p.m. Um, on Thursday. You need you must submit your roster and side selection for the day after, and kind of that same process for each day.
2: Okay, so because <clears throat> I was wondering, you know someone in chat i uh, his jordan mentioned exems brought up best of threes you you see the the substitutions happen in the other leagues right like it's not yeah. that uncommon um are you guys gonna be like like situationally making those decisions because it's like it's like oh well like tenacity's good on these kind of champs or like tenacity plays this certain way but it's like you have to know mm-hmm. that before you see the draft of the other team so how do you guys yeah. think of that
1: so I think that's something that's like Reapered, um and the other LCS assistant coaches will probably manage. But yeah, they, they ask for the roster beforehand, like who's at least starting for game one. And then after end of each game, um, they ask if you want any like, uh, what is it, roster substitutions. So um, I would say Reaper's a pretty flexible guy and he's someone that has made six, you know, six man rosters pretty successful from my opinion. So I'm pretty sure he has a formula system to really make it work for us. So we're honestly not all too worried about, you know, getting both these players um, working in our LCS program. So um, yeah, super excited. I know it's not like the traditional five man thing, but uh, I think it's something that really puts us in a position to like kind of test it out. Yeah. I will be,
2: excuse me. I will be very curious to see how it plays out. Like I said, I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping I'm just totally wrong and off on on my (laughs) perception of what it is, but you know, yeah. Obviously, I've said on the pod like a bunch, like if anybody's earned trust in this realm, like look at the job Hunter Thieves has done over the past you know couple of years to to take it and build it back. So we got trust, man. I'm just so curious to see how it's gonna work because I have I have no idea, but I I want my man to yep. get the experience. Um, and I kind of well, wish there was a way for Kenvy to get the experience too, but I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: That, that, nobody's ever tried yeah. a Subman roster, Cole. Come on, let's not get crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I will echo that mm. it's. I mean, like in some ways, of a straight run back of your championship winning roster, it's understandable. It makes sense. Obviously, it's you know. I like and, it. And and this team, yeah, this team is continuing. <laughs> it seems like that we haven't found the ceiling yet, right? So I think there's a lot of room to grow there. But to keep things really interesting, right? Like this is sure surely one way to do that, where you know we're we're gonna have so much to watch for and uh just kind of keep track of and i think you know tenacity is someone who's been on hundred these mind, hundred hundred these fans mind for years now and i think a lot of people are excited to see him play so i get it it makes sense and i'm glad that you all have uh, acknowledged that you've not cracked the code uh from day <laughs> one so yeah you know, we'll see how it goes we'll have some time yeah
2: now <clears throat> you've got you so it's it's what we're seeing lately, right, over the past stretch is that Hunter Thieves starts talent stacking at certain positions, right? <laughs> You've got, yeah. See, we, <laughs> we, had, uh, we had a bunch of guys who ended up being LCS players on the Academy team in previous years, right? Thinking like Fake God and Saliga and everything, which was cool. Mm-hmm. But now we've got, like, we've ratcheted up, you know, to having, like, Luger back behind FBI. Luger, who yeah. maybe could be, like, top three, top four LCS. And he's sitting mm-hmm. in Academy right behind, you know, right behind. I don't know. I, I thought FBI and who he looked as, as good as any bot lane, you know, at Worlds. At, at times, they really, yeah. really look good. And then you've got the top lane situation. <laughs> you've got certified monster someday with the track record to prove it. Back behind mm-hmm. him, you have what many people view as you know, one of the greatest talents um, available in Tenacity Mm -hmm. for, like, future. And same with the jungle position. You've got Closer, who uh, is... He was finals MVP, am I right? In a a finals MVP? Yeah. And he should have been. Uh, And right behind him, you've got Kenvi, who's, like, maybe the other pick for most promising future talent from Academy. Yeah. And now we hear (laughs) it's been made official that General Sniper is uh, being signed to the amateur team. So you've got this barely... He's barely 15, is that right? He's like turned 15 this month. You know, rank one player who is on the freaking amateur team. (laughs) And I'm sure there's like a bidding war to get this guy too, right? What's going on with the talent stacking here? This is insane. How are you guys doing this? This is you, right?
1: (laughs) So... Okay, so there's two things that I think make our jobs easy when it comes to scouting. Um, Obviously, we have to choose the right players to scout, but once we kind of determine these are the best players in these roles, um, in these demographics, because our organization is so wildly successful, like we have really good content creators, we have the best apparel, and we have a leadership that really cares about winning, and they always express that. I think so many players like want to play in our organization. So, even if other organizations try to compete for these same players, like we basically get first pick. And that's not a luxury we used to have, but I'm very thankful we're in that position. Like we've had like really poor performance here on our 100 Thieves, but what really kept us alive was our brand and I guess like the passion from leadership all throughout those years. So, we're in a very privileged position. So, yeah, I think the talent stacking, it's like, I think we're doing a much better job of identifying who these key players are going to be. Um, And I think our pipeline is frankly just better than a lot of the other organizations. So um, we feel like if they come join our program, we can eventually get them to the LCS level, whether that's for our organization or for the LCS for the other team. So um, I'm super excited about Sniper and honestly, super excited about our Academy and other um, prospective talents that we're going to be announcing very shortly. Soon to Cynthia, but okay. Yeah. Uh yeah.
0: yeah. It, 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 here's, here's the thing I think is gonna happen. Amateur has been I think I think Rice done a very good job. I think Proving Grounds is awesome. Like the way they're kind of building in the amateur. I think if you get players like him in amateur, I think that the actual meaning eyes general on sniper.
2: That,
0: yeah. Are like people are gonna tune in to see how this kid does yeah. in yeah. his first competitive matches, right? I mean, I know he's done like Twitch rivals and stuff like that. But to have a, a you know, um, a team that he's playing for is going to be super exciting. So this, this it, it, there are compounding factors here, right? Like more eyes on amateur is always a good thing, and yeah. and I think the thing that is so interesting about what you said is we've always attracted high quality players, and it hasn't required us to be winning trophies in yeah. the sport that they they want to play for us, right? And I think now it's it's almost like yeah, who who isn't going to want to sign up to play for us <laughs> at this point? Yeah. We've yeah. got a Gucci collab on that side. We've got, <laughs> you know, like apparel after apparel after apparel drop. And it's, you know, so it's just, it's it's different on so many levels. And when John came on, uh, it's probably been a couple of years now, Is the start of the pandemic, basically. You know, he talked about the business model and the different pillars and stuff. So it's just... It all makes sense, right? And I think that's the beauty of it. Is I, I have to imagine it's as easy to sell a prospective player on what it means to play for this program, as it is as a fan to see like the brand is strong, you know. And yeah. I think in his reveal video, he talked about he saw tenacity, and he saw Kenvey, and just what was what their experience was. And he's like, "Well, that's where I want to play. You know, sign me up. Let's do this." So yeah, it's I been think pretty cool to see.
2: I do think it's pretty like. It's pretty interesting how, um, especially Tenacity and what what will now be General Sniper, they do have like existing brands already, kind of around them, right? They they have like personalities that people are familiar with. They're active on Twitter. They're funny on Twitter. Like yeah, they're, they're known quantities, and it makes it easier to follow them because they're very memorable. And <clears throat> seeing that play into the equation, I think is is nothing but good. I mean, in a way. Like, not to do too much with this thought, you know? But again, another traditional sports analogy. Like, General Sniper is basically, like, in the LeBron James seat, right? LeBron James was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at, like, 15 or 16 years old, right? As the chosen one. And <clears throat> if there's a chosen one in NA for, like, a young player who's not actually there yet, it's General Sniper. And so <clears throat> everybody's eyes are already on this guy. He's, he already pulls streaming numbers when he streams. He's already like a known quantity, a known personality. And now he's united with a brand that has developed that for other people, you know, and has been a good look for other people. So I don't know, man, as a fan, it's hard to not (laughs) do the whole like counting chickens before they hatch. Cause obviously, you know, we don't know how this player is going to pan out, but it just seems like the, the majority of the time with these signings that are coming through on the developmental side for hundred thieves, they're panning out in a big way. And, if you you know to, to speak to Jordan's point, it seems like since the early days. So you know we'll, we'll scrub like the first year of Hundred Thieves or whatever. But since then, always seems like people have really good things to say about being with Hundred Thieves and working there, whether it's players or just like general like Hundred Thieves staff, like even outside of LCS, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think like that's something that has mattered, and it's and now. With General Sniper, we've got hard proof that it matters, you know. So you, you've got yeah. people joining people that they want to be with, but also people joining culture that they want to be a part of. Um, yeah. So, dude, this is the catbird seat. It's uh, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty fun. Like, I think. It, did you see the uh, the video that that Tim from Oracle's Elixir did on General Sniper?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I, but think I it, saw his one today.
2: Uh, I, the one that came out today is what I was talking about.
1: He okay. okay he made yeah.
2: a quick video like as as soon as they mm. you know they leaked that or whatever. It was confirmed shortly after. But he mm. I think he called it what was it? Is like the most the most important offseason signing of LCS was General Snyder. <laughs> Isn't that wild? <laughs> like, dang! It's not even for our academy team. That that happened.
1: Yeah, have been. yeah. Um, I, I, like I said uh, before, it's just like. There's other regions just with a wealth of players, so I think talents like General Sniper might be a little bit more um, common in those regions. But for our regions to have a Challenger player this young and display like that level of skill at such an age, it makes us really excited to have him go through our program and like rival the success of other, I guess, graduates of the program who, you know, are now playing at the top of academy and hopefully in LCS. So. Yeah, we're very, very bullish on our talent developmental system, and we're really, really excited to have him on board. Yeah. How,
2: Jordan, did you have word? that I do not want to cut you off?
1: No. Just said <laughs> You're dang. just happy. I just, uh, I just yeah.
2: <laughs> how does this factor in, Joseph, with, I mean, I don't know how much you can even comment on in this re- regard, but how does this factor in with the fact that, like, it seems like there are a lot of players out there this offseason that are not getting picked up that you would think Are getting picked up. Like what's going on in the scene with talent? Is this like a function of money? Is this a function of uh like upcoming talent that people are suddenly betting on? Like, what's going on? Like there are a lot of players it feels like (laughs) that have not had their signing announced yet or that are signing with like minor region teams, Reckless.
1: Yeah. So like I said very openly, like our leadership's always like our number one priority is to win. Like we want to win championship, we want to bring trophies home. And I don't think a lot of the other organizations function with that same philosophy. Um, So I think the reason you see such a disparity in the league, there's a lot of top heavy teams and a lot of bottom heavy teams. It's just the first question I think a lot of the managements ask is like, are they in a position to win this year? Right. And if you're not in a position to win this year because a lot of the other teams are stacked, does it make sense to spend money on these players if we can't make worlds? Right. So that's why I think players like Jensen and Double If you've seen a lot on Twitter about, like, why they might potentially not be playing in LCS. And to me, like, that's absolutely crazy, too. Because, you know, when you're constructing rosters, are they North American, right? Are they the top of their roles? And do they have, like, a big brand and marketing potential behind them? And both these players, especially If, like, even though he has had that drama with Reginald recently, he is... <laughs> One of the statement. biggest brands. <laughs> he's one of the biggest brands in LCS, right? Yeah, for sure. So top player in his role, huge brand. Um, you know, he's going to be the core of your roster. It's going to be really easy to obtain um, other players. Uh, you know, it's kind of sad to see them not in the LCS potentially. So, um, yeah. I, I think it does make a lot of sense because if if you don't have the budget or if your management doesn't believe that you can compete with the top teams and be successful this year, um, and it also goes both ways, right? Like these players know their value. Like, do they want to join a bottom-heavy team with players that you know that they don't necessarily respect, um, not getting the same competition that they think that they deserve? Is this really good for their career? So I do think it's a two-way street, and there were a lot of rumors of them trying to find these organizations to make it work for them, but mm-hmm. ultimately it didn't work out. So uh, I think it does make sense, but from a fan perspective, I can kind of see why you would be disappointed because having double lift and the also always make things a little bit more spicy, a little bit more interesting. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah.
2: I kind of get, I kind of get it if I'm a, a another team because it's like, yeah, I can sign, you know, all these sick players if I have the money available, but then I'm still going to lose under thieves. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, a tough yeah. go about it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, <clears throat> What do you think about uh, just, we'll, we'll kind of just, Throw this out there. I don't know if you have anything to say about this, but you know, like with the game changes that are on the horizon um, for next year, do you have any thoughts on how that's going to impact, like, what you guys do as a team or or how games will be shaped by the the game changes that are going on?
1: Uh, I think every time there's like changes, you can always like theorize like how it's going to make us ch- change, but like <laughs> ultimately, we just need to like test out the actual game and see what it's like. Um, I will say the dragon changes. Um, I know a lot of, like, analysts go on Twitter and, like, say, Riot, please remove dragons and makes the game so, like, formulaic, like, everyone has to fight the third and fourth dragon. But I think, as a viewer, I really like dragons. Like, you have these, like, 60, 70-minute games where, like, people are just turtling and just doing base races. And dragons force teams to fight. And it forces action. And as a viewer, you kind of love to see that. And there's going to be different... Like dragon attributes, like the Chem One, yeah. and the Hex Tech One. So, I mean, I think that just makes it more, like, like the viewing experience is a lot more pleasurable. Um, and then they also added mechanics for like certain objectives being worth more, with a, like a comeback mechanic, I believe. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, bounties. So objectives, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah. I think they're still um, making sure that the action is still there by keeping the dragons and adding more dragons, um, but I think it'll also increase like macro. Like I think G two is really famous for being like super good at like half map and trading really aggressively even if they're behind. I think it rewards a lot mm-hmm. of that as well. So um you know, outside of those two things, I just kinda have to see the items and those things in effect to see how it'll change our season. But I think largely the players and everyone else is kinda just waiting to see what the changes are like before you know we just make these assumptions. But Honestly, I love dragons. They make the game yeah. so Jordan, much more fun. To
2: Jordan, watch. it sounds like I, I should talk to him about the Night Drake and, and maybe the I <laughs> have Sauron champion as well. Jo- Justin, think, we'll, we'll have a conversation offline. Shot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat>
0: well, oh, Cole, I, I gotta say, with dragons being even more important, it's mm-hmm. gonna be really good. It, you're gonna want to make sure you have a good jungler. <laughs> and, and it turns out we got a pretty good one, so I, I think we're yeah, doing okay.
2: Catbird, again. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so. Obviously like you know we 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 wish some of the other uh, 100T related rumors were out there for us to kind of like float to you. We know you can't comment on stuff that's um that's not confirmed, so we won't ask you to do yeah. that. But uh there's some so you know there's another rumor that's getting us excited for the next year. Um <clears throat> with this stuff that's kind of been leaked or announced for other squads like is there any team in particular that you're that you're afraid of or or a team that you're really impressed by, by their off season work. Um, any, any thoughts when it comes to 2022, do you even have a challenger? <laughs>
1: um, obviously I think TL's roster is strong. Like if they're supposed like roster rumors are like true, I think Alfari was a really, really strong top top laner, like pound for pound. I think he's a very strong leaner had, but obviously there was a lot of like culture issues that he was experiencing with the team. And although like pound for pound, I think Alfari is a stronger player than Buipo. Um, every every EU person talks about how big of an effect Buipo and Hillisang had um, on Fnatic. So and obviously Bjergsen's is coming back and Han sama the rumored carry, is one of the stronger strongest Western AD carries in the scene. So I think they'll be a very strong contender. And um I would say like EG is definitely like a dark horse. Like I think they're the other team that's, that's doing a, a very good job year. with their developments.
2: Every <laughs> yeah. year since the rebrand, again, it's like it's like, oh yeah, EG, man, they could do it. Yeah. They could do it. Yeah, yeah,
0: this could be their year. And
2: honestly,
1: they did they did pretty well <laughs> this year. Like I think I applaud them a lot. I know they like tweeted us for being like an apparel org, and you know, it's hilarious because like we ended up winning an LCS, and they're still Working their things out, but I I do (laughs) applaud them. I do think they're doing a good job, and um, I think they're one of the few other orgs that, like, are really showing by example on like how to work on the amateur and academy ecosystem. So uh, that's because they've
2: got an inside person from Hundred Thieves.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Kelsey Moser. So yeah, I mean, I I think E.G. and um, T.L. look relatively strong. Um, Can't confirm T.S.M.'s roster, but. I think for having lost Bjergsen, I think they're pivoting pretty well. So I don't think TSM fans should be too disappointed. Um, and I think right. CLG for the first time is like actually re- rebuilding properly. Because so, um, think, yeah, I think
2: a lot to take of our the, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah rebuilding like, just, just
2: properly. Rumors. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like, I like what you're putting down. You're a company man.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, I think a lot of these organizations are doing a much better job than previous years. <laughs> Um, but definitely, sh- if I had to choose one of the bottom-heavy teams that I think pivoted well, it would definitely be CLG. Because um, yeah, when you're when you're in a team that didn't perform the year before, it's very very hard to attract talent to come play on your organization. So I would say out of like the bottom-heavy teams, they I think they probably will end up doing the best job if their supposed rumors for the roster are true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, pending pending rumors yeah Um, i gotta say i don't know if i'm the only one who feels this way but every time i hear people talk about a super team Mm. um it just makes me excited like i only that it's like finally a worthy challenger you know like (laughs) i don't i don't oh my god i don't want it to be that is where it's like
2: ultra cocky i like it i like this jordan
0: hear hear Mm. me out I want us, I want people to look at the LCS and say, that is a strong league. Like, I don't want it to be, if they're going to be super teams, I want them to be here. And I want, Yeah. you know, and my confidence is higher because we, we just towed off with two of the best teams in the world. And you know, it was, it was close or it wasn't close and we won. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, I think I like, you know, was it steel sharp and steel or something like that? Like, I think mm-hmm. that it's good to have strong teams, strong players. I love seeing big names come to the LCS. I think it's always good. Um, and I'm sure that in your seat, Joseph, it's a little bit like, yeah, okay. And also like, this is going to, is going to get interesting here? Like we've got a, a, some real challenges, but from a fan's perspective, man. Um, yeah. I'm glad that the LCS is continuing to to show new looks and that people are yeah. looking for different ways to challenge us. Cause right now um we're in the the top dog seat i i mean
1: like speaking as a fan there was like rumors early on in the season of like like fudge blabber bjergsen han sama with like Falcon. like that sounded like pretty cool and then there was like an EJ rumor of like impact inspired humanoid uh danny and someone else and i was just like these rosters sound lit i would love you know for the (laughs) level of competition to be that high yeah right um and I don't really know what their rosters are going to be anymore, but yeah. you know that that would have been super cool to like have mm-hmm. these super teams. And yeah, like like these are the teams that like, like I guess a lot of fans put their expectations on. Like if you look at if you remember the old like TSM legacy team with Bjergsen and Doublelift. If you remember that legacy team with Core and Doublelift, where TL was winning winning like championships yeah. split after split. Like those are the kind of rosters that were like ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. And all the teams, obviously, today are better just because everyone gets better at the game over time. Like, those rosters were definitely the best that any could have produced in that time period. And I think um, hopefully we'll get to see more of that because that always makes League a lot more enjoyable to watch.
0: Agreed. And I, it was somebody in our chat at one point said, you know, like, the big three has become the big four or something to that effect. Yeah. But like, yeah. just because you have three teams who have historically done a lot of winning in a League, doesn't mean that you can't add another team who is justifiably in that same group, right? And I think yeah. that's that's where it feels like the, the conversation has shifted. And now when teams, when you talk about a super team, right? It's like, that is the super team that is going to compete with 100T, C9, TL. We'll see what TSM's up to. But like, it's no longer like, oh, they're going to kick us back out of the club, right? I think we're here. And no, we're here cool. to stay. And yeah, honestly, yeah. like given like how you
1: said like the bird seed of like how many how much talent we have backed up, um I yeah. think we have like we're definitely here to stay and we're going to stay at the top. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we're going to make sure we stay at the top because we honestly have a great problem. Like our problem is that like we have so many great players that we have to figure out which ones we want to field. So, I'm super excited about 100 Thieves LCS moving forward and I think all the fans should be too um, we have all the players um, and I think we have the systems now to hopefully make sure we get the best out of each and every single one of them so yeah, I'm super excited and I think I think we're getting very close to cementing ourselves as like one of the top teams if we haven't already yeah well
2: <clears throat> look man we have we have stalled as long as we can and we didn't see any further announcements coming through we haven't seen Miffy confirm <laughs> We haven't seen the academy roster dropped or anything, so I guess I guess we're gonna have to let you off the hook here. Um, <laughs> since again, we know you can't comment on those very cool things that we know are gonna happen. I'm su- I'm super psyched to have Chovy in our academy team. I know you can't talk about it yet, but when it happens, I'm super excited for that.
0: Um, you think yeah. he doesn't want to play for the the Lil Nas X winning LCS champions? Uh, uh,
2: LCS, hold on, he's got to go through academy first. I mean, we still have Abadaka
1: yeah i will just say for academy just be very excited it's gonna be super awesome and it's gonna be to the similar degree of last year where like we're all just so proud of like being able to announce this roster i I think it's absolutely
0: sick so i think fans should be super excited you didn't need to sell us on being excited for it but now i'm gonna have my my phone in my hand for the next like i don't know 24 hours hopefully don't make us wait longer than that
2: yeah Mm -hmm. i'm honestly i'll be very curious about uh to see if he got snatched, or or what's going on? So we are on watch now. Jungle Juice, thanks for nerves. hanging out with us tonight, man. It's been fun to see you again. Uh, congratulations yep. on all your success too. Um, yep. You've you've been through all of it. You've you've literally been through all of it. And um, yeah, it just, it just <laughs> I I don't know. I I can't imagine how it feels for you because as a fan who's watched since the beginning, it was so great to see how this season played out. And yeah just to be in this position man hats off to you hats off to the rest of the staff thank you for doing what you do and 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 making us very pleased and excited
1: (laughs) yeah honestly i think from a lot of the staff perspective it's just like relief because we have like leadership that's super super invested they're doing everything to they can financially and like culturally to kind of support us and we have a really strong fan base and For so long, we weren't really able to deliver on the expectations, and now that we're getting kind of close to that and like finding a lot of progress in other areas, I I guess we're just like proud to say that we're like playing the part that everyone expected us to. So it's a really nice feeling, and hopefully we'll continue to make everyone proud. So looking forward to like seeing what happens like uh, as the years come by. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, Anything else you wanna you wanna put out there? Anything else you wanna say before uh, we hop off? Or did we cover it?
1: <laughs> I love the pod, and shout out to Jackson. He's he's a homie. Like I know he's leaving, but he's he's one of the OGs for sure. So shout out Jackson. Shout out a Thieves fans, and shout out to the leadership who is always like wanting to win. It's it, honestly it's such a privilege to have leadership that wants to win. So it makes our job so easy.
0: Well, we appreciate everything you guys do. It's yeah. been a heck of a ride, and we know that there is more fun in store. So we will be there uh, right as we always have been and it's going to be a good time so <laughs> thank you for coming on thanks for doing what you do and we'll hope to have you back again before too long uh, hopefully we have more exciting stuff to talk about that we can get your perspective on soon
2: oh yeah well cool. thanks we're guys gonna be, we're gonna have to hit him up chat remember uh rec league this thursday we'll be playing uh i think we're going to in league of legends this week right
0: fantastic we haven't I fully decided
2: probably league of legends so We'll do Rec League on Thursday. Watch our Twitter on Wednesday for the sign-up form. Uh, If you're not already in our Discord, here's a link in chat for you to hop in there and uh, just come be a part of our take on 100T fandom. And again, thank you to Jungle Juice for being here. Man, 2022 is going to be another banger. We won already, guys. We won already. And with that, we say we love you and we miss you already.
1: I